the Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar playing all-around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. Good evening. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Bible Live broadcast. As we continue our way through the great book of books, we are in the New Testament Gospel of Luke. The predominant thought is that Luke was a Greek, non-Jewish physician of the first century, a follower of Jesus, the Messiah. Wouldn't it be interesting to know his story? We'd love to hear the story more completely of Dr. Luke. Tonight we'll pick up at chapter 10 with a focus on Jesus training his disciples. Jesus knows and understands his role as the Messiah, his destiny, what he is here to do. He knows that he will be crucified. He knows he'll be raised from the dead. But that in centuries and in generations to come, others will have to take the news of the salvation that he offers to the nations of the world. And so he's looking at these 12 disciples and, of course, others. There were more than just 12. He'll send out 72 messengers tonight we'll read about. But before we get to the Gospel of Luke, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment. In the Proverbs chapter 5, again a warning about sexual impurity on the Bible life. Proverbs 5, 1 through 14. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will learn to be discreet and will store up knowledge. The lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But the result is as bitter as poison, sharp as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave, for she does not care about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail and doesn't even realize where it leads. So now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I am about to say. Run from her. Don't go near the door of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and hand over to merciless people everything you have achieved in life. Strangers will obtain your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Afterward, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body, and you will say, How I hated discipline! 
If only I had not demanded my own way. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to those who gave me instruction? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace. End of reading Proverbs 5, verses 1 through 14. Why do you go on hiding when you know the world is waiting for you to try like the stars? This is the Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Shine like the stars. Where does that come from? Is that Daniel that talked about those who win souls are wise? Shine like It's a passage. I know it is. It comes right out of the scriptures. Did you find that in Philippians 2.15? How about you? Brian already found it, but I, I think it's got a reference to the Old Testament. The life of Jesus is so astounding that we have recorded here in the Gospels. Luke, in particular, homes in and focuses on some of Jesus' interaction and ministry in and through and with women of his time, which is a great theme because, as you know, in that time, there was not much for women. There was not much freedom, not much potential for them. You know what, though? Women always carve out their space. <laughs> it's They do, right? Brian says amen. Yeah, I don't care what the culture or what the rules are. They have a way of carving out their space, and their influence is felt, and it has been felt all throughout human history, beginning with the Garden of Eden and on down, right? But in the Roman Empire, of course, in that time, Luke gives special emphasis to Jesus' ministry to and with women. Now, most of chapters 9 through 18, and that's where we are right now in chapter 10, most of chapters 9, verse 51, through chapter 18 is not found in any other gospel. So we are reading stories and interesting details of the life and ministry of Jesus that are not recorded in the other gospels. And don't let that alarm you. These are not chronological histories. These are definitely more like portraits, paintings that look at the life of Jesus each of these authors looks at his life and his ministry from their own personal experience and background perspective, and each of them has their own emphasis, not just neutral storytellers. They are believers. They are followers. They are advocates. They want you to meet Jesus. They want you to trust in Jesus. And through Jesus, they want you to receive the salvation that God intended for all humanity, that eternal relationship with him. They're telling these stories with that in mind. And Luke, of course, as we've mentioned before, is emphasizing that he was truly entirely a man. From the time he was a tiny little fertilized egg on the wall of Mary's womb to the time he dies on that Roman cross, he is entirely a man walking out by faith the role and the purposes that God had for the Messiah. This man who would fulfill all of the law, live a perfect life of faith and trust and obedience to the Father, then he who knew no sin becomes sin for us. So we'll read about the training of the twelve, his disciples, and a broader group as well, about 72. We'll see his interaction with the women, Martha and Mary, from the Gospel of Luke here on The Bible Live. Luke 10, 1 through twelve twelve, Luke 10. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them on ahead in pairs to all the towns and villages he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is so great, but the workers are so few. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send out more workers for his field. Go now and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take along any money or a traveler's bag or even an extra pair of sandals. 
and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter a home, give it your blessing. If those who live there are worthy, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. When you enter a town, don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide you. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If a town welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you and heal the sick. As you heal them, say the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We wipe the dust of your town from our feet as a public announcement of your doom. And don't forget, the kingdom of God is near. The truth is, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on the judgment day. What horrors await you, Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have sat in deep repentance long ago, clothed in sackcloth and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on the judgment day than you. And you people of Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to the place of the dead. Then he said to his disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me, and anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the seventy-two disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan falling from heaven as a flash of lightning, and I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice just because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered as citizens of heaven. Then Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit and said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding the truth from those who think themselves so wise and clever and for revealing it to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has given me authority over everything. No one really knows the Son except the Father, and no one really knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Then when they were alone, He turned to the disciples and said, How privileged you are to see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings have longed to see and hear what you have seen and heard, but they could not. You're listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking Him this question. Teacher, what must I do to receive eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with an illustration. A Jewish man was traveling on a trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and money, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a Jewish priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt deep pity. Kneeling beside him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with medicine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two pieces of silver and told him to take care of the man. If his bill runs higher than that, he said, I'll pay the difference the next time I am here. Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. 
Then Jesus said, Yes, now go and do the same. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was worrying over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are so upset over all these details. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I won't take it away from her. Luke 11. Once when Jesus had been out praying, one of his disciples came to him as he finished and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said, This is how you should pray. Father, may your name be honored. May your kingdom come soon. Give us our food day by day, and forgive us our sins, just as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then, teaching them more about prayer, he used this illustration. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You would say to him, A friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. He would call out from his bedroom, Don't bother me! The door is locked for the night, and we are all in bed. I can't help you this time. But I tell you this, though he won't do it as a friend, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you what you want so his reputation won't be damaged. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will be given what you ask for. Keep on looking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and the door is opened to everyone who knocks. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. One day Jesus cast a demon out of a man who couldn't speak, and the man's voice returned to him. The crowd was amazed, but some said, No wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Trying to test Jesus, others asked for a miraculous sign from heaven to see if he was from God. He knew their thoughts, so he said, Any kingdom at war with itself is doomed. A divided home is also doomed. You say, I am empowered by the prince of demons. But if Satan is fighting against himself by empowering me to cast out his demons, how can his kingdom survive? And if I am empowered by the prince of demons, what about your own followers? They cast out demons too, so they will judge you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the power of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For when Satan, who is completely armed, guards his palace, it is safe. Until someone who is stronger attacks and overpowers him, strips him of his weapons, and carries off his belongings. Anyone who isn't helping me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert, searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds that its former home is all swept and clean. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there, and so that person is worse off than before. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. He replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. As the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, These are evil times, and this evil generation keeps asking me to show them a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. 
What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh that God had sent him. What happens to me will be a sign that God has sent me, the Son of Man, to these people. The Queen of Sheba will rise up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, because she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And now someone greater than Solomon is here, and you refuse to listen to him. The people of Nineveh, too, will rise up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, because they repented at the teaching of Jonah. And now someone greater than Jonah is here, and you refuse to repent. No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, it is put on a lampstand to give light to all who enter the room. Your eye is a lamp for your body. A pure eye lets sunshine into your soul, but an evil eye shuts out the light and plunges you into darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not really darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight is shining on you. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the ceremonial washing required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are still filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools! Didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So give to the needy what you greedily possess, and you will be clean all over. But how terrible it will be for you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income, but you completely forget about justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but you should not leave undone the more important things. How terrible it will be for you Pharisees, for how you love the seats of honor in the synagogues and the respectful greetings from everyone as you walk through the markets. Yes, how terrible it will be for you, for you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. Teacher, said an expert in religious law, you have insulted us too in what you just said. Yes, said Jesus, how terrible it will be for you experts in religious law. For you crush people beneath impossible religious demands, and you never lift a finger to help ease the burden. How terrible it will be for you. For you build tombs for the very prophets your ancestors killed long ago. Murderers! You agree with your ancestors that what they did was right. You would have done the same yourselves. This is what God in His wisdom said about you. I will send prophets and apostles to them, and they will kill some and persecute the others. And you of this generation will be held responsible for the murder of all God's prophets from the creation of the world, from the murder of Abel to the murder of Zechariah, who was killed between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, it will surely be charged against you. How terrible it will be for you experts in religious law. For you hide the key to knowledge from the people, you don't enter the kingdom yourselves, and you prevent others from entering. As Jesus finished speaking, the Pharisees and teachers of religious law were furious. From that time on, they grilled him with many hostile questions, trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. Luke 12. Meanwhile, the crowds grew until thousands were milling about and crushing each other. Jesus turned first to his disciples and warned them, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Beware of their hypocrisy. The time is coming when everything will be revealed. All that is secret will be made public. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. 
They can only kill the body. They cannot do any more to you. But I'll tell you whom to fear. Fear God, who has the power to kill people and then throw them into hell. What is the price of five sparrows? A couple of pennies? Yet God does not forget a single one of them. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to him than a whole flock of sparrows. And I assure you of this. If anyone acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I, the Son of Man, will openly acknowledge that person in the presence of God's angels. But if anyone denies me here on earth, I will deny that person before God's angels. Yet those who speak against the Son of Man may be forgiven. But anyone who speaks blasphemies against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. And when you are brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities, don't worry about what to say in your defense. For the Holy Spirit will teach you what needs to be said even as you are standing there. End of reading Luke 10, 1 through 12, 12. listening to God's talk show, The Bible Live. And we are back. Our passage opens up tonight with the 72 messengers that Jesus sends out. Clearly far more than 12 people had been following Jesus. For the ascension, a group of 500 at one time see Jesus. There is a very broad, very large following that Jesus has across the nation at that time. He sends out these 72, sends them out two on two. There's so much we could talk about, but one thing I enjoy seeing is when the 72 disciples returned from their training. I remember when with Campus Crusade for Christ, when we were on the university campuses, we would have our student leadership for a Christmas conference or a summer conference, and we would be on the beaches perhaps or some other place where a lot of students gather. Our students would meet and we'd have Bible study and great lecturers. But then we would also always train them how to share their faith with others. And there would be a day when we would go out and share the gospel with students wherever we might be at that time. Then in the evening, we'd come back and have a time of reporting. People would tell what happened when they went out with a four spiritual law booklet in their hands and maybe a student religious survey to help break the ice and get into contact with people. Then they would talk to people and share the gospel. And so many, the first time they ever shared their faith, the first time they've ever shared the gospel message with others, most of them came back walking on a cloud. They were just so thrilled, so excited that for the first time in their life, they had led someone to faith in Christ. Or even if the person didn't respond, they knew that they'd been able to effectively share their faith. Success in witnessing is not so much a matter of people making a decision for Christ. Successful witnessing is taking the initiative to share the gospel, to share Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then leaving the results to God. That's success in witnessing. We always teach that. So anyway, you would find that rejoicing, that excitement. And I kind of get that out of this passage. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. I could just imagine Jesus being giddy with delight at their learning, at their growing in their walk with him. I love this story, too, of the Good Samaritan, probably one of the more well-known stories that Jesus told about the religious expert comes and talks to him. He says, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells this story about this traveler who is set upon by bandits. 
to the expert in the religious law the wounded man in this story was just a subject to discuss he was an interesting conversation a teaching point to the bandits in the story the wounded man was someone to use someone to exploit to the religious men the wounded man was a problem to be avoided they walked to the other side of the road now to the innkeeper cha-ching the wounded man was a customer to serve for a fee but to the samaritan this despised but good person the samaritan the wounded man was a human being worth being cared for and loved and of course to jesus the teller of the tale all of them and all of us were human beings worth dying for this particular passage confronts the bias the ethnic bias there it's a hated despised samaritan who turns out to be the good one the hero of the story confronting the needs of others brings out various attitudes in us jesus used the story of the good samaritan to make clear what attitude was acceptable to him we often will find ourselves in the place of the expert of religious law discussing it as a theoretical problem needing to learn again who our neighbor is note all the different attitudes toward the wounded man in that story now we come to the story of martha and mary again luke giving attention to the experiences of women these two sisters obviously as sisters they have to be opposites they sit at jesus feet they love the lord each expressing that love and that delight in different ways jesus is teaching here a tolerance for each other Martha, accept Mary for who she is. Mary, accept Martha for who she is. Recognizing difference gifting and difference of interest that we might have as believers. I love to ask people this. Did Jesus say anyone who isn't with me is against me? Or did Jesus say anyone who is not against me is for me? Well, he actually said both. You can look for those in chapter 9, verse 50. And in chapter 11, verse 23, he says both of those things. Great passage tonight in this reading as well about prayer. We're kind of in the season of the National Day of Prayer, the first Thursday of May. Our thoughts turn to prayer, the effectiveness of prayer. And Jesus says, keep asking, seeking, knocking. We have that authority as God's children. What a tremendous promise that is. I did want to mention this teaching about the light within. No one lights a lamp then hides it. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. The idea of that saying is this. Maybe you've been puzzled by it. The eye is to the body as our motivation is to your behavior. The eye is to the body as our motives are to our behavior. The eye guides the body. Our motives are what guide us in our behavior. Hope you'll join us for The Bible Live next time as well, folks. Have a great evening. Good night. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Tyndall Haas Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday at this time and on this station for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word.